0: We're Jeremiah chapter 19 and the last couple of verses. Verses 14 and 15. I want you to get your place and I want you to keep your Bible open. For I am sure this morning that the Lord wants to speak to many through this word. The context here is that Jeremiah has come back, come back from the valley of Henam, from the valley of Tophet, or the valley of slaughter. Those names amongst them means the place of burning. And indeed the Concordance Strong's Concordance is the place of cremation. And if you look at verse 14, it was the place that God sent them to. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet where the Lord has sent him to preach. God has sent him to preach. Look at verse 4, the end of it. What was going on there? Well, they filled this place with the blood of the innocents. In verse 5, they built also high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal which I commanded not, nor spake, it neither came it to my mind. Therefore, behold, the day is come to the Lord, that this place shall be called no more Tuffet, or the valley of the Son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. Now, whenever Jeremiah returned from there, after what he had witnessed, really broke the man. He had witnessed and heard the screaming. He saw the horror of the of the sacrifice of the children to the satanical veil, and it must have been an awful sight. And it's obvious that he came back to the temple to deliver his message. That he was scathing with anger, holy indignation. And he comes back up to the temple gate. And we're going to see, as a moment, as the hypocritical crowd, the religious crowd, were going up to the place of worship. He stood at the gate and delivered what was a fearless message to the people with his heart burning he delivered to the people what was the first message that God was going to take them into captivity, into Babylonish captivity. He told them in the verses following that the temple would be tossed, that the women and children would be ravished and murdered, and that the land would be left desolate. In fact... If you read verse fifteen, thus said the Lord of Hosts, the God of Israel: Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks and they might not hear. They might not hear my word. The people of Israel had crossed the Rubicon. They had gone so far and too far, too far for God. Let me say this very carefully and with a burden this morning. When a nation slays their babes, whether it be physically with abortion or mentally in our schools or spiritually in our churches as some are being taught things in church, in so-called churches, then the judgment of God is inevitable upon that nation and upon that people. And it was this that tipped the balances with God as far as Israel was concerned. Then after delivering that awesome message, as we read some of it down in chapter 20, we read in verse 1, now Pasher, chapter 20 and verse 1, Now Pasher, the son of Imre, the priest, who was called chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. This was the top government official officer in the temple. It seems that he wasn't there when he preached it because the verse says when he heard that Jeremiah prophesied. You'll know, not be very long until you'll get somebody to, if I would make some awesome statements regarding Sodomites and others from this pulpit this morning, I'm sure it wouldn't be very long till someone would carry it to the Belfast Telegraph or to Nolan. You'll always get somebody very soon to To. To deliver the news that you're saying. Pasher here, the priest, whose name means to be wealthy and to have plenty, he was a very nasty man. Now, now read what he done. In verse 2. Then Pasher smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stalks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Thirty-nine lashes he ordered upon the servant of God Jeremiah and put him in the stalks which was a thing that he went through his head and his feet and where he was contorted in with pain and 39 lashes 39 lashes of the whip which was a cutting deep Now we're looking at a man that has been preaching the truth of God's word. It was not only a Jew slamming a Jew, hammering a Jew, but it was a priest hammering a priest. For Jeremiah was from the priesthood family. And isn't it right that John Wesley said on one occasion that it's the nature of the wolf to slay the lamb? But it's not the nature of a lamb to say another lamb. This man has wounded, been wounded deeply in the house of his friend. He wouldn't be the first servant of God who was wounded for preaching the truth by his own people. Remember the early apostles 700 years after this. John and Peter, the same crowd, they were the priests. And the captain of the temple laid hold upon them and put them into into prison all night. The apostle Paul says that five times he received 40 stripes, save one. Our Lord Jesus Christ at Gabbatha was slashed by his own people, wounded and broken there at that awful place called Gabatha. Gil- now here this man here this man was pillared on the place of the high place where, on the main street where everybody could see him. He was half stripped. He was in great pain. And as the people passed by they mocked him, it's unbelievable, my friend, that these crowd were going in. They were going into the temple in their droves to worship God. And at the same time, they were slaying the children. I don't have time to elaborate on that this morning.
1: But I can tell you that religion, religion is an awful system.
0: They mocked him and they derided him and they spat on him and they cursed him. Now in verse 3, it seems that Pascha come, under, Pascha come under conviction because usually they kept them there until they died, but of course God's hand was on it. And it came to pass on the morrow that Pascha brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks. Now you'd have thought that when he got him out of the stocks, he would have been relieved and he would have mellowed a bit because of the fact that he's been taken away from the public gaze and he's getting maybe his wound seen to but he doesn't. I want you to watch this very carefully like a shot he turns on him and he said to him the Lord has not called thy name the Lord has not called thy name Pasher wealthy and uh, powerful but my heart, which means fear will grip you and your family and you'll go into Babylon captivity and your whole family will die there. Read on. For this saith the Lord, verse 4, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, And they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and then I shall behold it, and I will give all Judah unto the hand of the king of Babylon. And he shall carry them captive into Babylon and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city, all the labors thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give unto the hand of their enemies. This is the captivity, which shall spoil them. And take them and carry them to Babylon. And thou pastor, and all that dwell in mine house shall go into captivity. Thou shalt come to Babylon and thou shalt and there thou shalt die and shalt be buried there. Thou and all thy friends to whom watch this now thou hast prophesied lies. I want you to stop there now, just for a moment,
1: because here now is where our message kicks in this morning. Here is the third in these verses
0: I want to saturate your, you to saturate yourself in these following verses this morning, because I say again, God has a message. God has a message. Here is the third of these essential, imperative, mandatory things that will ensure victory for this fellowship and any other fellowship as we go down into this 35th year. Remember the first one. I said there was three. This is the third one. Remember the first one.
1: We saw, there's a a drone going on here at this Remember we saw that the first of them, we saw his unworthiness.
0: His unworthiness. Remember he said, Ah, Lord, I can't do this.
1: I am not able to do this. I'm only a child and the job's too great for me.
0: And and we saw how unworthy he was and that's a good thing when we get low enough to say we can't
1: do it, Lord. Nor can we do what's before us at this assembly on our own. Last week we saw brokenness. Brokenness, oh, that my head
0: were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears. He he was broken.
1: But here this morning we have something maybe uh, more important than it all. We are going to see something this morning that has spoken so greatly to my heart as I meditated upon these verses. Here we have an essential quality and is definitely needed in the twenty-first century church evangelical church, and it is the word genuineness, genuineness. And actually, the word genuine in the dictionary is the real McCoy. Authentic, a sincere, honest, and truthful person. Or in other
0: words, the genuine article. On Wednesday night, we heard a testimony from a young man who was
1: wayward and on drugs. And he said one of the things that kept him back was the Christian. One of the things that kept him back, Now I know people can use that, but one of the things that kept him back was the testimony of some of the Christians around him. God help us. God help you if you'd be a hindrance to any drug addict, any drunkard or any man from coming to the Lord. Jeremiah comes back into the chamber, into the closet. And why wouldn't he be?
0: He's mentally and he's physically and he's emotionally and he's spiritually
1: exhausted. And when he comes back in after that night in the rack and the people walking by and spitting and shouting and muttering, him,
0: when he was wounded and stripped and beaten, when he had delivered the message of God that God had given down a tough earth, then he comes in in verse 7.
1: Now I want you to look at this verse 7. I had a wrestling match with these verses, let me tell you. He says, O oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast revealed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me.
0: For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me in a derision daily.
1: Then I said, I will not make mention of him and speak again anymore, I'll not preach any more. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my
0: bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not hold back. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report say they, and we will report it on all my familiar watching from a halting saying, peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. Now I want you to leave the next three verses, because commentators
1: and scholars tell us that these three verses shouldn't be in here, they should be in in a different place. Now, I don't know whether that's right or not, but it probably makes sense.
0: Just leave the next three verses, three verse, verse 11, verse 12 and 13 and go to verse 14. This is a continuing on. If you Leave those verses out. And here's what this mighty man of God says. Now
1: watch what he says. Cursed be the day wherein I was born. Let not the day wherein my mother bare me be blessed.
0: Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man child is born unto thee, making him very glad.
1: And let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew, that Sodom and Gomorrah, and repented not. And let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontide, because he slew me not from the womb, or that my mother might have been my grave. I tell you, I could preach God not. Mother is the grave of thousands of children today in the nation. That my mother might not be my grave, and her womb to be always dead with me. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labour and sorrow that my day should be consumed
0: with shame. He mentions the womb three times and he mentions the he
1: mentions born twice. You know the problem with Jeremiah here, he didn't go back far enough. He should have gone back beyond the womb. We need to go back beyond the womb. That was the word the Lord given before I formed thee, created thee in the mother's womb. I knew you. He's making a mistake here. He's making a lot of mistakes here. Well, don't you lash him this morning? Because by the time I'm done with this message, you'll see yourself, for I have seen my, I have seen myself in it. What's happening here in these verses? Well, I tell you what's happening here in these verses. The enemy has come to the servant of God. And he said to him, Jeremiah, you're wasting your time. You were right at the very beginning. You're not able for this. The Lord is, the load is too heavy. It's out of your depth. You have become a laughingstock. All hands are against you. Even your own priestly family. Wise up, man. You're an extremist. You ever hear that? Didn't you once have fellowship with Paschal and his wife and his children? And he did, for they both
0: lived in enough. They were contemporaries.
1: Did you not walk once into the house of the Lord with this priestly family? He did. And the voice is saying to him, now Jeremiah, pack it in. Instead
0: of seeing souls and blessing and people repenting and turning to God and listening to the message, the opposite is the case. Face
1: up to it, Jeremiah. God has tricked you. That was the word deceived means. God has tricked you. God has deceived you. You haven't seen anything in these number of years. Let me tell you, you never saw anything in the 30 years. you never seen any success, Jeremiah. And mind you, the worst is to come after this and go on the enemy seeing, listen, child sacrifice is multiplying.
0: The ages the are spreading. Wickedness as a premium across the land. It's getting worse, far, far worse from you started to preach. And all that's happening is you're getting attacked and abused. What does he do in verse 9? Look what he does. Then said, I will not make
1: mention of any more or speak any more in my name. He resigns. He says, I'm finished with it. Now you just hold tight this morning. He says, I'm finished with this. I'm not going to talk or speak anymore. I'm done. It's over. Like old Jacob,
0: all these things are against me and I can't go any further. Now I want to make this perfectly clear to you this morning. This is not a public
1: resignation or declaration. This is a petition between him and his God. This has went on in the secret place. And the Holy Ghost has put it in print down through these centuries that we might learn from it. This is not for the ears of the scoffers. This
0: is not for the critics or the mockers, or for the press or for the church. This is a man genuinely sincere and honest before
1: God. Can I say to you this morning, men like this. And there's plenty of them in the Bible. And there's plenty of them this morning if they were genuine and owned up to it. And there's many in this church every this morning if you don't up to it. Men like this never aired their grievances in public. Men like this never hung out their dirty washing in public. They go away in the weeping. Remember Elijah fled, fled as
0: far as he could, and he left his servant behind, and went out into the wilderness, into the desert to
1: weep. The very same thing, weeping over God has forgotten. Do you remember whenever Lot and Abraham, Lot and Abraham parted on the mountain?
0: Do you remember the herdsman fell out over the cattle. And, and Abraham said to Lot, he said, Take your cattle ch- ch- and
1: go, because the Canaanites are watching us fighting. When Saul and Jonathan died suicide on Mount Gilboa, and the word came back to David, David said, Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in the streets of Eskalon, let not the Philistines rejoice. I say this to you this morning, the tears, the sobs, the heart cries behind closed doors in your home are for your home. Now I know that at times we need help and we need counselors. And the sobs and the cries and the struggles that go on in a church meeting is for the church. Not for the world. And we need to hammer it out before God. We need to be truthful and genuine before God. And there's not one of us here this morning who hasn't experienced something like this. Lord, I can't handle anymore. Lord, I can't handle the children anymore. And a woman weeping and crying with me during the week, she says, I can't handle it anymore. I can't handle my husband anymore, I can't handle my wife anymore. I don't know where to turn with my business, I don't know where to turn with my health. Everybody thinks that I'm all as well when I'm in the church and in the shops and in the school. you ever feel like that? Oh Lord, I pray and nothing happens. Lord, I cry and I wash and I iron and I cook and I do my best to bring up my family and nothing happened. It seems that you tricked me. It seems that you've deceived me. There's not a word. There's not a turn. Things are getting worse and worse. That's what a woman said to me some time ago. She says the more I pray for the family, the worse they're getting. I tell you there's many a pastor this morning there's many a servant of God and if they're honest they've lamented and prayed and shed tears oh God the church is split the people are fighting there's no souls. did I get it wrong I left my job I've come here I'm in derision Many have handed in their resignation. Many have gone back into secular work. Maybe they didn't go as far as jo- Job in 14 and 15, but sometimes in 16, sometimes they come near as many have. But here, take this, my friend, this morning, this battered soul this morning. Mother, father, When you're praying you see the heavens are like grass and doesn't seem to be any change.
0: I preach and I pray in the church and I've meetings and I've missions and I have this and I've that and I'm seeking God for my family and seeking God for this terrible burden that I have that nobody else knows anything about and it's worse is getting. I can tell you, my friend, over the years that I have been here, I have prayed
1: and I've fasted. I know people shouldn't talk about their fasting, but one of the things God laid in me is to fast. I can tell you I have prayed and I've fasted for days and weeks weeks over certain things, and it's worse than God. Worse to God. then what is it that keeps you going? What is it that keeps you going? I'll tell you, it's in this wee butt here. It's in this wee but. There's a butt here in verse 9. And here's where it is this morning. But his word. This is what stood to Jeremiah. This is what came to Jeremiah when he was in the worst of his days and the worst of his hours. When all seemed to fail him, when all seemed to be gone, this was what came to them. But, thank God for that we bought. But his word, it was his word that God gave to Jeremiah in chapter 1. It wasn't the word of some deacon or some or some man. It was his word. Wasn't the word of some committee. It was his word. That's what it says. His word. But his word was in my heart. I tell you, the word of God was in his heart, not in his hand.
0: Thousands of people in Northern
1: Ireland today,
0: and the word of God is in their hand. And
1: it wasn't in his head. Other, other insurgents thousands not have the word of God in their head, but have it in your heart. You hear this morning, and you're not saved. The word of God may be in your hand. You may be have it in your head from a child at the Sunday school. Have it in your heart. But I can tell you if you come into trials and troubles like this, or trials and troubles in life as a Christian, and you haven't it in your heart, you're in trouble. He says the word was hid in my heart like a fire. He says it's burning in my heart and my bones. All the time that he was depressed,
0: all the time that he was down, all the time that he was...
1: He was seeing these things all the time when all hell
0: was upon him and his back was lashed and his sweat was running up him and
1: he was half naked and nothing was happening all the time. The words he said were burning in my heart and he said, I couldn't contain them. I couldn't keep it by. I can tell you this morning that the word of God burns in my heart for this place. All this heart. And I thank God every day that He gave me the words that I couldn't be you That I thank God that God one day gave me a word
0: And whether you agree or whether you agree with not what we're doing in this assembly,
1: God has given us words. Do you know anything about the word of God? Coming to your soul and burning in your soul? On fire. Even in the worst days. I tell you, friend, if you have a mist to go back to, if you have a list to go back to, the whole situation changed here. It changed suddenly here. Something happened here with this man. There was a word that was burning in his heart, even with the resignation left in his hand. And then he comes in with the second but in verse 11. But the Lord is with me. He's with me. Boy, he knew that. He knew the presence of the Lord. He knew the power of the Lord and the word. in his heart burning in his soul? Tell me, is there a word burning in your soul this morning? For souls... Is there a word burning in your soul this morning for revival? Is there a word burning in your soul this morning because of the slaying of the children? And as this man went down the top of the preach, I thank God for every man that goes to the slaughtering houses of the abortionists and stand and preach. I thank God for those who stand at the Craig Adam Hospital to open their mouths for the dumb and preach for the innocent children that have been slain and the mother's womb of their grave. I thank God for every one of you. There's a word burning in this man's heart and it was like a fire. Like a fire. verse 11 of the presence, Lord you're with me you're with me as a mighty terrible one in spite of what I'm saying in spite of how I feel Lord I know I know thou art with me I know that the Lord sent me, I know that the Lord called me and whether this fruit or whether it is results or not, what does it matter Doesn't matter anything, my
0: friend, that we never see another soul here. We never see a child in the
1: school here. God is faithful. Jeremiah never saw anything.
0: Tell me, I tell you, he saw nothing. They put him into a pit of slurry after this. They hammered him.
1: They lied about him. They beat him. And at the end of the journey, he never saw one thing. but I'll tell you this he was faithful. And I thank God for the faithful people of this assembly. I thank God for you people, so me have traveled miles and hard-heartedness tonight at the time. I thank God for you. I thank God for those who stand and help us and back up with us. And I thank God for those women that were in the barn last night cooking something for the young ones. Mothers, that have plenty to do on a Saturday night, let me tell you. I thank God for Dr. Lane, thanking God. for them. Thank God for
0: the Sunday school staff. I thank God for the Friday night workers who come.
1: Sometimes few children, I thank God. See, God's going to reward faithfulness. Are you faithful to this assembly? Are you faithful to any assembly? Many nights were you at the mission to encourage the people. Many spread the were in the prayer meeting. Just ask you a hard love this morning. The presence of God was with him. And I say to some
0: young men and women in this meeting this morning, that are thinking of Bible college, thinking of missionary work, thinking of something for God, don't dare move or go or even
1: consider anything if you haven't the Word. You haven't that Word burning in your heart and in your soul. Jeremiah says, I can't
0: hold it in. <laughs> See, the Word of God is a fire and the fire burns. The Word of God is a sword and the sword pierces. The Word of God
1: is a hammer and the hammer breaks the mighty word of God. But I want to close this morning with another but, for so the three buts here, and the last but is in verse 12. This is where I say, I think the skaldic translators are right, that it should be the last three verses, the, and the other verses, verse, verse 14 should have come in after that verse on up there.
0: That's beside the point. And even if not, even these verses are in the right place.
1: He dipped, he, we can dip again, you know. Even they're in the right places. Even he is elated and even he's seeing all this. He can go down again. We go down again. But I don't know where they should be. But I want to close another bit, this bit in verse 12. But the, but oh Lord of
0: hosts that tries the righteous and sees the reins in the heart. Let me see thy vengeance on them unto thee. Have I opened my cause. Here sing ye the Lord, praise
1: ye the Lord, for he has delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evil doers. What is he saying here? He's calling the people to praise.
0: That's what he's doing. Sing, he's saying to the people. Sing unto the Lord and praise ye the Lord, for He has delivered the soul of the
1: poor from the hand of the evil doer. You try praise this morning. Have you ever tried praise? In thanksgiving, he that offers praise glorifies God. See, when you have the word of God shut up in your heart and the word of God is released, it will be released in praise. In thanksgiving, it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter. God's people are called to be holy people. God's more interested in the holiness there are happiness. Or are there are
0: happenings. Happening is something that will happen. It will make you glad today if you get a phone call from somebody. It
1: will make you glad tomorrow morning if you get a check from somebody. You get promotion at work. Those are happenings. Those will make you glad. God's not interested in happenings. That will only cut you up for a minute. You'll be down the next day. These things will only be your spurt. The dear knows what will come this week. You'll be up and you'll be down. You'll be up and you're down. God's not interested in happiness. He's in your holiness. Are you holy before God? Are you clean before God? Are you open before God? That's what he's interested in. Because let me tell you this, if your hands are clean and your heart is pure and you're
0: nothing betwixt you and God, every day I'll tell you this. Every day you'll be praising the Lord. You'll thank Him for your family no matter what way they are. You'll thank Him for the children no matter how they go. You'll thank Him for your husband no matter how things are going. You'll thank Him for the work no matter how things are
1: going. You'll praise Him and you'll thank Him. This man has burst out into praise here. Just like Paul and Silas when they were beaten and whipped and
0: scourged and in the inner part of the prison they began to sing they began to pray and to sing praises unto the Lord, praise him this morning in your trials praise him in your affliction this morning praise him in that situation in your home this
1: morning praise him in that situation with your family and your children this morning praise him, praise him Stop complaining and criticizing and running the country.
0: Then before God
1: and closed the door, it was when God heard this
0: heart cry. God brought this man to a heart cry.
1: I tell you, friend, when God heard the heart cry of this man, like a flash he came to. It. He came to things in love answered in the way we want them answered. I want you to turn to this, but I want to close to Hebrews 13 and verse 15. know what it says there? Jesus, our Savior, who shed his own blood and suffered without the gate on the cross for sin. Then it says this, the writer of the Hebrews, let us go forth unto him. Jeremiah hadn't him. He hadn't him. He was in the Old Testament. We have him this morning. We have the mighty Saviour this morning. And then it says this, for here we have no continuous sinning, but we seek one to come. No of how it pans out here, this and the best is yet to be, Mother. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come by him with him again. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, forgetting not what he has done. For such sacrifice, what sacrifice? The sacrifices of praise. Mind, it's not easy to praise in the storm. The sacrifices of praise. God is well pleased. This man has broke out in praise, and he's calling us to praise him. The problem hasn't been sorted out, things haven't changed. Children are still being slain. The people are still going into captivity.
0: Wickedness is in every hand. Things haven't changed, but he has changed. He's got his eyes off himself. He's got his eyes off the situation. He's got his
1: eyes on the God. Thou art with me. Last five psalms begin and end with praise. You know that? Why don't you form a habit of reading them every day? They're not long psalms or short psalms. Every one of them begins with praise and end with praise. Mind you, there's some stuff in the psalms you wouldn't be praising for. An average of six times in each psalm, you have the word praise. Now here's my punchline as we close this morning. The 149th Psalm, the one before the last. Here's what it says. Here's what the psalmist says. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. And here's what it let the high praises of God be in our minds and the two edged sword in our hands. That's it. You see somebody all the ha- some all the halves of the in two. Put you in every meet. Put the we children to put them? You- Cut the families in there. Yeah. They all come up to the standard that they want. Just the word, the word, the word. The devil, the devil. The letter, killeth, killeth. There's so many across our land this morning, and and so many assemblies and places this morning. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. And thank God for the Word, and thank God for the cross, and thank God for the blood. But that's only one, that's a bird with only one wing. And a bird with only one wing can't fly. There's two wings. What does what the psalmist say? What does he end up all the mighty sayings in the psalm? What does he end up all saying? With the praises of God in her mouth and the two-edged sword in her hand. Oh, my dear friend, we they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to worship him. Worship him in spirit and in truth. And then let the word loose. Forward. Forward believers into, two, two, into the 35th year. Forward.
0: Forward no matter what the critics say. Forward no matter what the gabblers
1: and the movers say. Forward, forward on, no matter how the attack us or what they say about us, forward on. You know, I've stopped listening to people criticizing, especially those who are never in the prayer meeting. So I'll go on, but i not spoil the meeting. I want to say to you
0: this morning, we need to go forward in unity. We need to go forward together into battle. Onward, upward, heavenward, homeward. And here's the, here's the keys this morning. And if we can get a grip of these, unworthiness, I can't do it. I am worthless. I am useless. We can't do it.
1: Can't save my family. I can't change my child. I can't do it. Unworthiness, brokenness, Lord, I'm broken vessel, and poor I can't do it, Lord.
0: Oh God, my eyes are waters and my fountain of
1: tears, I'm broken, Lord. And then the genuine, no world bluffing, no Lord maketh our things are better when they're not. Yet before God, like this honest lamb. Jeremiah says, Lord, pain for this evening. You have something to go back to have the word. Read the word in your heart this morning. You feel the word in your heart and in your hand. Let me tell you we can go forward. And let me say that's the victim. yeah um